0: Stand by, connecting to all systems, loading kicks, sequencing drums, and applying melody. This is Variation Radio with your host. Saad Aiyu.
1: Variation. So welcome to another brand new episode of Variation Radio. So this week I have a very special guest. His name is Andy Teixeira, who happens to be one of my good friends and also the ANR for VRTN record label. I met him uh, almost, what, seven years ago or eight years ago? for uh, one of these festivals that I was playing. So I met him there and he won a DJ contest and happens to be an opening act for that festival. Unfortunately, during that festival, there was so much technical issues. His set got cut short and we wanted to give him that opportunity and from there, we became a really good friends and everything was pretty much a history so far. He also had multiple tracks uh, on our record label, which is a VRTN, and he had collaborations with me that came out last year on Vandit Records and he also had his own EP called Ardor EP and he happens to have a new remix coming out on VRTN of my track with Jaren, Given to the Sun that's out this Friday. So Andy Teixeira, how are you doing today? I'm doing great how are you? Could it be better? I wish this COVID (laughs) ends really really quick but it's what it is. So tell me a little bit about Andy Teixeira's life as a musician. Okay, well, um, when I was
2: in grade three, so I think I would have been eight or nine years old when I started, um, I, was, um, I auditioned to go to a, I guess what you could call a private music school here in Toronto um, called St. Michael's Choir School. Um, it's a, a school of sacred music um, where all of the, the, the students have to both sing um, and play w- at least one instrument, being the piano. Um, so throughout my, I spent ten years at that institution, and throughout my time there, um, you know, became a, a, a very qualified concert pianist, and uh, you know, went to to sing in choir. to, to we we toured all over North America, um, doing that on a regular basis. And you know, I, I had the opportunity to be trained in music theory and harmony as well. Um, and then I always sort of had a love for electronic music. And after I graduated from high school, um, in university, I continued to um, participate in, in, in the concert and chamber choirs at my institution. Um, and then I sort of got the idea to put the two together um, to bring my, my love for, for classical music and the background and the knowledge that I had in that realm, um, together with my love of electronic music that I, I shared with my, my siblings from the time that I was little. And, um, you know, so far it's turned out
1: really well. That's awesome. How do you define and detect a sound? What kind of music? Anyone who want to learn about, about you, what, how do you define your sound? You mean like what could I compare it to or how would I describe it? How do you describe it, like your signature sound?
2: I see. Um, so I guess my sound is defined by um, a lot of complex harmony. There's a... Or at least complex in 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 the in the space of of electronic music and especially especially techno, which tem- tends to be very uh, minimalistic on the on the side of of harmony and melody. Um, but there's a yeah there's a strong influence on on melody. There's a strong influence on harmony. Um, and I try to to create something that both has value um, on the dance floor, um, something that's that's entertaining for the listener, but also something that actually has like you know, uh, some musical substance behind it. Um, something that, you know, can be enjoyed, um, you know, in your living room
1: just as much as it could be enjoyed in the nightclub. That's a great answer. So do you think it's either techno or trance, or is it in between?
2: I mean, I'm, I'm not particularly married to any um, specific genre. I think that, you know, combining... Styles and combining, you know, traits of different kinds of electronic music is a way to keep things fresh and interesting. Um, I think that people that that pigeonhole themselves into any particular style of music then um, inadvertently become chained to it, you know, because you're, you're you build an audience that is expecting one particular thing and then sort of gets disenfranchised when when you show them a different side of of your your artistic expression. So. You know i've I've done my best to sort of avoid that um although I obviously have a lot of love for trance I have a lot of love for for techno and and certain kinds of house music um uh, and, and other genres of electronic music um, and I sort of try to pick and choose the the attributes that I like and also you know conform to to my mood or um to the kind of music I'm listening at any particular time so I'm not sure that I would classify it specifically as one or the other um I think that you know an artist especially if you're you're not going by a pseudonym especially if you know your um, your stage name is your real name i think that whatever genre of music you produce um, is part
1: of your artistic journey and i think people should embrace that that's great i think that's why vrtn fits right in for you when you're releasing music um, in terms of releasing music you also happens to be the anr for my record label vrtn and you helped me with a lot of the uh, releases you come up with the uh, description for the tracks that you guys read and also you happen to be Very very critical with the music that comes out, which I really really love so as an ANR What's your process and how an artist would send a demo to VRT and would expect uh, like a feedback?
2: So what what I tried to do especially my, my experience with with label is, um historically you know, aside from whether or not the the track gets accepted, but purely in terms of the feedback that is provided, is is generally quite negative. In that, and it, it's understandable because a lot of big labels, you know, they're getting hundreds, if not thousands, of submissions on a regular basis, and you know, it's difficult to provide any sort of su- substantive feedback when you have that much coming in. And you know, that's totally understandable, and I definitely can't can't fault them for that. Um, but I do try to. Even, even if I have no intention of, of, of signing a track, I try to do my best to provide um, the artist with um, some sort of constructive criticism or some sort of uh, substantive feedback um, concerning, you know, how I feel about the track. And, you know, we'll break it down in terms of harmony, in terms of, uh, of, of melody, in terms of percussion and, and mix down and tonalities and textures and things like that. And you know really try to to make sure that it's obviously that it sounds professional but that it's it's captivating um in in more than one setting meaning that and again I, I sort of adopt the same philosophy that I do for my own music in that way um specifically being that it has to work just as well um in the living room so to speak as it does in the nightclub um it has to have some sort of you know, uh, it has to capture the ear in such a way that you don't have to be in a nightclub setting
1: to enjoy it, but it also has to work very well in that setting. I agree. And that's definitely a great way uh, of approaching the ANR for VRTN. Um, in terms of the remix, let's talk about the remix that you just did for me, which is the Give to The Sun uh, with Jaren. There's some great feedbacks, including support from Giuseppe Ottaviani and a couple of m- new artists that are in the scene right now for Trans and Techno. So, how did you approach this remix and how did this remix came into being?
2: Well, the first time I heard the track, um, I was immediately sort of interested in the vocal. Uh, Jared, obviously being a good friend of ours, um, I've always wanted to... I've been, you know, listening to her since, uh, wow, since, probably, since a very long time ago, I've been listening to her vocals, whether they be on um, a state of trance or, or any of the other... Um, you know, artists that she's previously collaborated with, and you know, I also just really enjoy her company. So I really wanted to uh, to take the time and really, you know, dive deep into it and, and create something special out of out of the vocal that um, she gave you, and you know, the um, the original track as well was one that I really enjoyed. Um, I decided to give it sort of more of like a big room energy um, by isolating one of the motifs that sort of piqued my interest in the original track and then layering that on top of itself um, in unison um, for the drop and basically taking out all of the um, the modulation and the and the automation in a lot of the the layers that were in the original um, stripping it down bringing everything down to that that one singular uh, melodic motif um, and I think it paid off. Uh, the, there's a lot of arpeggiated chords. Um, I tried to use a lot of sevenths and ninths um, to sort of take the, the, the root and, 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 and bring that out and sort of make things a little bit more interesting. Um, and I think, it, I think it turned out really well um, in some ways. It was, it was definitely challenging. Um, I learned a lot doing it. And um, you know, I, I hope that it's well-received when it gets its release this Friday.
1: I definitely love that one, and great job on that remix. Now, since you were mentioning about layering um, and arpeggiator and some of these tricks in your studio, uh, what are some of the plugins that you love when you're producing music? And what's your favorite or current DAW? Um, So I mainly
2: produce on Ableton. Um,
1: As for what some of my favorite plugins
2: plugins are, um, Repro is my go-to, specifically Repro 5. Um, it 's by far my favorite uh, virtual virtual synthesizer um, i 've also made use of some analog stuff uh, just like you do I have an uh, roland s e o two at home with the uh the studio electronics extension um, i 've made use uh, of that one quite a bit especially on my um, on my ardor ep and um Beyond that, um, the Fab Filter plugins are, are a mainstay. They're almost on every single every single tra- uh, channel of every track that I've ever done. Um, so I definitely got my money's worth out of those. Um, and then you know, Plugin Alliance is, is is great as well. We we you know we we use a lot of a lot of their stuff on a very regular basis. Um, and Valhalla, um, the Valhalla Room, the Valhalla Shimmer, the Valhalla. Um, Supermassive are all um, plugins that I use on a very regular basis and I don't think I could go without them.
1: Amazing. I yeah, actually like the Vintage Verve of Valhalla. That's like my go-to for pretty much everything. Um, do you believe in soft synths or do you believe in hardware synths like analog? Well,
2: the thing with that is I feel like Unless you have a lot of money to spend, and you know studio equipment in general is very, very expensive, especially if you're getting the good stuff, um, it can be very difficult to create the kind of music that I want to do um, without spending multiple thousands of dollars on high-end polysynths. Um, you could, I guess, render a monosynth on top of itself over and over again to create that same effect. But then, you know, the workflow suffers. Um, it's not particularly straightforward. It's much more involved process that I don't really have the patience for. And I find that the more barriers I put between um, myself and actual the, the actual creation of, of the the actual composition of whatever I'm working on, um, you know, the, the, it makes things a lot more difficult and it, you know, Track is a lot less likely to get finished if I, if I if I work that way. So for that reason, I think that poly virtual synths are particularly useful um, for polyphonic stuff. You know, because a a good polyphonic synth, um, even if it only has four or six voices, depending on whether or not you want to go some- with something that's true analog or with something that's um, you know virtual analog synth, um, you know, c- will cost many thousands of dollars. And I think that. Um, particularly synths like Repro, provide that same effect, provide that same warm, well, not quite the same, but almost the same warm analog sound um, without the you know, the massive price tag of, of a multi-thousand dollar polyphonic hardware synth. So I think that they both have their place. Um, I think that you know, for, for people that are working on a budget, the, the monophonic side of hardware synths is probably a lot more accessible and a lot more user-friendly. And it also provides you with the opportunity to learn the basics of synthesis in general, um, so that you can then transfer that knowledge to to any hardware synth that you you get um, afterwards.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree on that. And, I, and to be honest with you, even a lot of the polyphonic synths, they're so outdated too. Like, if you look at Jupiter Eight, for example. So I was talking to BT the other day on Clubhouse, and he was saying that how Jupiter Eight is. Could be moody. It has its own mind because if you tr- st- turn it on, if the circuits are not too warm, it can give you a very weird sound and detuned sounds. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you're very passionate about synthesizers, and I, if I had the opportunity, I would have owned a Jupiter Eight. But hearing all those like inconvenience that you have to go through, maybe not. I mean, I feel like analog and digital environment in terms of synths, uh, they can live like side-by-side together and I feel like the things that I've been collecting are the same things as you, like the SEO too. It's kind of like that, like it kind of like sits in your studio almost similar to like a soft synth but it's not really a soft synth, it's an analog synth. So I I really like those approach. Um, In terms of COVID, how COVID changed your life? uh, What were you doing right before COVID? What were your plans? And how have you been adapting so far?
2: Well, I've been a lot more fortunate than others. Um, In that my my job hasn't been affected, thank God, by by the whole COVID shutdown. I've been employed um, throughout, so you know, and and a lot of people have not had that experience. So I'm tremendously thankful and tremendously appreciative of that fact. Um, It's really, although in terms of 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 music, it really has put a damper on things, um, especially not being able to. To, to play shows, not being able to go out and, and, and meet and interact with other artists in person has um, been a bit of a letdown. However, you know, it's provided me with a lot of time to to work on my own craft, you know, to, to develop new techniques and um, explore new ideas. And I think that once shows return to normal on a, a sort of global scale, um, I think you'll see a lot of artists that are bringing out sort of all of the the work that they've done and accumulated over the past year, year and a half, and I think when that happens, um, especially the electronic music space is going to be a really interesting one. Um, so, I've sort of been, been doing a lot of those same things and um, I'm excited to, to show what's coming up when, when the time
1: comes. That's great. And what are you looking forward to the most once COVID restrictions are like, kind of like done, done for? I just want to go out and dance. It's been,
2: it's been such a long time um and sometimes i'll be listening to to music and remembering when i might have heard those tracks uh in in a live setting and and getting really sort of nostalgic and and uh you know really longing to have that experience again so i think that'll be the biggest part of it it's not even you know i I could care less at this point to do the whole backstage thing and the green room thing and i I just want to go out and be in the crowd and dance and have a great time with uh, with the people that I care about and i I think a lot of people
1: feel the same way about that amazing and you are actually also doing a guest mix for this week's episode, so what can people expect from this guest mix? Some new
2: stuff um some there, there's a a little bootleg of uh one of my fa- favorite Billie Eilish tracks that I'm working on, um, so I'll be sure to toss that one in there. Um, and then beyond that, uh, some stuff from my catalog and also some new techno that I've been listening to lately, um, both on the harder side and on the more melodic side. Um, I'm going to try to bring an interesting mix and uh, you know, give something special there. Amazing. And when can people find you online if they want to follow you? Um, Instagram and Facebook are probably the best, Um, Andy Teixeira Music on Facebook and Andy Teixeira Music on Instagram.
1: Can you spell that Teixeira part? Because I know I used to butcher that for a year until I
2: fixed myself. So that would be T-E-I-X-E-I-R-A, pronounced Teixeira,
1: which would be um, Brazilian. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining this episode and we are really excited for this guest mix. And once again, congratulations on the remix. So the remix of Given to the Sun with Andy Tichira is out now via VRTN Records. And Andy, do you have anything else to say before we start your guest mix? Um, no, thank you for having me, and uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. Awesome. Well, here it goes. It's Andy Tichira in the mix on this episode of VRTN.
0: Yeah. Is variation. Is that are you? is variation. Is very it's very nice It's